0: This is episode 493 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. Today, I'm doing what I should have done probably a month ago and actually genuinely breaking down this 2021 season, the highs, the lows, the uglies, the goods, the bads, all that good stuff coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Paddock, here today to break down the ugly, the not great, the worst season the Rangers have had in quite some time, basically, since their second season moving to Texas, the 2021 Texas Rangers baseball season. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Rangers your first listen of the day. Um, If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode it was a lot of fun a little goofy a little different um which is kind of always what what happens when grant is on we made our all bench team for the rangers from the 2010s um i mean we did basically from 2010 on but it it counts as the 2010s because there's nobody on last season's team or this season's team that was on um that team so a lot of fun Uh, a lot of good shows this week um and another special guest um mike palucci of uh, team magazine is going to be joining me for tomorrow's episode, it'll be ready for you bright and early Friday morning, and I will be gone this weekend. So you know, be a lot of fun. If y'all go check that out, and uh, hopefully a big crossover episode ready for y'all on Monday next week. I don't know. We'll see. But today I'm breaking in to breaking down, not breaking into. I'm not breaking into this team. There's nothing. There's nothing that I want to steal from this team um, because I don't like stealing. But I'm here to talk about this weird, weird season. Not great season. But I want to start with a general look at this team. I mean, 102 losses, 60 wins, two great, three great players traded away. um, Very much hurt feelings. Good number two overall pick in the middle of the season. There's a lot that happened this season, and I'm going to break it down. But I want to start with, you know, highs and lows, games specifically. I think my favorite game this season, it happened late in the season, against all odds, um, against the Astros on August 29th absolute beat down of the Astros, a 13 to two win, just an overall great game. There was a grand slam by a Garcia at a three hit game. He was fantastic. Yanni Hernandez looked great. IKF looked great. Um, huge game for DJ Peters. Also more importantly, is that this was Taylor Hearn. I think his best start of the season, he was fantastic. He was highly efficient. Um, I believe this was the furthest he went in the game at the six and two thirds innings. He was again, very efficient. He only threw 89 pitches and um, 80, or 66 of those were strikes. He did allow one home run, which accounted for his, the only two runs that he gave up, but he also struck out six Astros. Looked very good, completely outdueled Zach Granke. He only went four innings, gave up six runs, and uh, got pretty much shelled by the Rangers. Just a big, big game. Rangers, I mean, just needed to unleash some frustrations. They had just been beaten down by the Astros um, the previous two games, the Sunday afternoon game and uh, i was driving home and i remember listening to the radio call I'm like all right i guess i'll, I'll guess i'll listen to this we'll see how it's going and hearing hearing that call of the Adela garcia grand slam was just Mwah. chef's kiss it was beautiful it was wonderful it was a great moment there was another great game um for the rangers this season there were a few really good games like i mean in 162 you're gonna have a couple that you just absolutely go ham on somebody and things don't really make sense when you look at the box score um this one came against the dodgers a 12-1 to win and uh, on June the 12th, which was just so much fun to watch. Colby Allard out-dueled uh, Trevor Bauer, and that alone is is good enough. The Rangers got to Trevor Bauer quite a bit. He allowed six runs and six and third innings. Four of those were earned. Um, he did strike out quite a few Rangers, but it didn't matter because Colby uh, Allard went five shutout innings. That was his best start of the season. I still can't figure that guy out. I, I swear, I'm going to be watching him. He's going to be 30, and it's going to feel like he's been in the league for 20 years, and I'm like, I have no idea – what kind of read to get on this guy um taylor taylor herring was still in the pin at that point um they were able to shut down most of that offense ikf had a huge uh three hit game um nathaniel Lowe had a big three hit three rbi game jonah heim a three hit game as well um willie calhoun had a triple off of trevor bauer which was a beautiful moment jonah heim took trevor bauer deep nathaniel Lowe um got a home run as well and uh jason martin got i believe his first career big league home run so not a lot of great moments for him that season but uh getting his first big league home run is definitely something he will always remember and tr- cherish for for quite a while granted wasn't off of Trevor bauer but you know it's, it's still nice it's still nice um it was off of annie burns in the ninth inning um but yeah that was just a a nice beautiful game there were quite a few bad games for the rangers this season one that was just kind of random it, it stuck out to me That was a 14 to nothing loss to the tigers um which was the Rangers still had all their best players at that point. This is July 19th. And this is amid um, a terrible, terrible stretch for the Rangers. Everything felt like went wrong for the Rangers. They even had uh, Kyle Gibson pitching. He just got shellacked eight runs. He gave up in five innings, uh, just got kind of singled to death. Did give up a home run. Casey Mize completely shut down the Rangers. And it was just, it was one of those moments you just feel like garbage. Like, all right, this season is so miserable. Everything is going wrong for the Rangers. Uh, I believe that was in the midst of their 12 game losing streak, but everything was going wrong for them at this point. You kind of knew that Kyle Gibson was about to be on the door out. Um, you didn't want, he was kind of tanking his, his uh, trade stock at that point. You're like, all right, this is like the only bad stretch that he had with the Rangers um, this season. I mean, he had that first bad start where he kind of got singled to death. There was this one and a couple others right around this time when he was about to get traded. Like if you're going to have a bad start, like this is not the time, this is the absolute worst time for it. And so, kind of think that maybe these final starts led into the return, not being as good, um, for him, Spencer Howard seems like he's got a lot of potential in there. Um, but having given up Hans Krauss still boils my blood to this day. Um, but losing 14 to nothing to the tigers, this was an absolute low point for the Rangers this season. Now one of the high points, um, which came, very close before one of the lowest points of my baseball love and fandom and uh, just general emotional happiness and well-being was the Rangers win against the Diamondbacks on July 27th. This was this ended the uh, 12 game losing streak. Um, it was Joey Gallo's final game with the Rangers the Rangers won five to four. And the difference maker was Joey Gallo's three run home run. They scored all of their runs in the fourth inning in this game. Um the bullpen did fine until they gave up a couple runs, made it close in the top of the eighth inning, but that just meant that we got to see an Ian Kennedy save. Um Dane Dunning had one of his best starts of the season, went six to the third innings, only gave up two runs. Um through uh 78 pitches. So he was super efficient, which you know, you love to see got a good Joe Barlow outing. Um, one of his first outings in the big leagues, I think, um, Spencer Patton kind of got shellacked. Uh, Joey Rodriguez came in and, and shut the door down and, uh, Ian Kennedy came in and got the save. it was just a nice solid win. a nice send off for Joey Gallo. He addressed the crowd was emotional. I was still in very deep denial. that He was ever going to get traded at that point. And, uh, I'm still in a little bit of denial that uh, he even was traded, but it's fine. We've moved on. And uh, even if we haven't, we're just going to move on for um, for the sake of, of my own emotional health. I feel like accepting it might be good to do one day. Maybe by the time next season starts, I'll be like, all right, Joey Gallo is no longer a ranger. And I won't talk about him basically every single episode of this podcast. I feel like y'all might like that more. Maybe you like it less. I don't know. Um, But this was a really solid game, a much-needed game that the Rangers really just absolutely had to have. And Joey Gallup being able to go off being the hero, getting the game winner, and um, having that moment was really special. Um, One more final great moment was um, right after the trade um, was a uh, back-to-back walk-off situation, back-to-back walk-off home runs by Jonah Heim that were extremely needed. Jonah Heim just saved my baseball soul i was deeply depressed with this team knew everything from there on out was going to be really rough and Jonah Heim's like nope you're still gonna have a couple of moments of, of really nice baseball hitting back-to-back walk-off home runs that was an absolute highlight of the season probably the highlight of his season he, did, he had okay it, it was a little it wasn't great he was fine maybe a little bit sub fine but definitely fine on this team. I think he's got potential to be better than he was this year. His uh, OPS wasn't quite as high as I would have wanted it. His OPS plus I believe was significantly below average. Um, Yeah, 63 OPS plus, but Jose Givino wasn't much better with a 67 OPS plus. So both of them were well below offensive production for the average catcher in major league baseball, but he did provide that nice moment when we were all extremely sad about Joey Gallo leaving and this team being headed to the absolute crater for the rest of the season. Um, But it was still nice. There were still nice moments in this season. And uh, I'm going to take a quick break. We come back and look a little bit at the biggest disappointments and biggest question marks from this season. Um, And then I will end the show talking about the best performers, the unexpected joys from this season. Coming up right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And we are back with my least favorite portion of this show, but probably the, the meatiest portion, because there's a lot of disappointment. I'm here to talk about the biggest disappointments on this season, the most upsetting things that happen. Um obviously Joey Gallo is is being traded as number one, them not being able to come to an extension is just downright inexcusable. And it 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 boils my blood that they were so easily able to move on from the best player that they have drafted and developed basically since Mark Deschera. And it, it's not particularly close. That's been what, 15 years since Mark Deschera was a Ranger. It's been a long, long time. And there have been some good Texas Rangers players. Um, Adrian Beltre was good. Uh, Elvis Sanders was good. Michael Young was pretty good, but none of them were close to the upside that Joey Gallo has. Um, or the ones that were homegrown, excuse me, Adrian Beltre was much better than Joey Gallo. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I meant of the ones that they drafted and developed that were theirs, that were homegrown through the farm system, Adrian Beltre, obviously Hall of Famer. Don't know if Joey Gallo is going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, we'll see. He's still got plenty of his career to figure that out. But of the guys that were homegrown, drafted, developed, or signed out of Latin America or signed out of any other place that came up, made their major league debut with the Rangers, Joey Gallo is the best one since Mark sheriff and I feel very confident in saying that and I, I don't think that anybody who's challenging me really honestly believes that, but there are a lot of disappointments this season. That was the biggest one, but there are also some other ones, partly not their fault. I'm also combining the biggest question marks in this section. Um, because there were a lot of guys who I just don't feel like I learned anything from. And, uh, number one, we'll start, we'll start the disappointments and we'll work our way up to question marks kind of get, we're, we'll get more positive as we get throughout the end of this show. Um, but the biggest disappointment I think this season is, is Nick Solak. He's a guy who had a lot of potential, a lot of potential be offense first, a lot of, uh, they moved on from Runo door, which granted Bruno door kind of made that on himself. Um, he just, he's just not anywhere near flow production. He was putting up his first couple of seasons. Did not make all the adjustments they kept on saying that he was going to make, and he drove himself to the Yankees where in a normal season he wouldn't start, but uh, he made quite a few starts for them. Wasn't a regular starter, but contributed on a uh, playoff team as a bench player, and that's kind of what I think he's going to be for the rest of his his career as long as he can stay in the league. But Nick Solak was a young guy. He's 26 this season, and I had a lot of hopes for him, and he did not deliver. It was very disappointing. Played in 127 games this season, had a 677 OPS. um, Hit really well against fastballs, but again, couldn't hit really anything besides fastballs, and that's not good enough. He got a very steady diet of breaking stuff, off-speed stuff that he just couldn't handle. Finished the season with uh, 11 home runs, 18 doubles, which his 11 home runs were, I believe, uh, where'd we go? Fourth? No, not even fourth. Not even fourth. DJ Peters had more home runs than him on the season and DJ Peters only played in 52 games like DJ Peters granted. He only did hit home runs. That was basically all he did um, was strike out and hit home runs and play some pretty solid defense. But again, Nick Sulek was here for basically the whole season. He got sent down because he just wasn't quite good enough. And when he got brought back up, he was basically the same level of production, if not a little bit worse than he was putting up before. He had a great, great first month of the season, but just could not quite live up to it. Um, Yeah, it was extremely disappointing. Another disappointment, Mike Fultinevich. Not that I expected a whole bunch from him. And like he did provide value. But having a 544 ERA, even if you pitch 139 innings and you're just there to mop up stuff and kind of save the young arms, it's still got to be a disappointing season. His slider was never really there. Um, His fastball was just fine. It was just fine. Everything about him was just... Fine. He pitched 139 innings with an ERA plus of uh, 81. So significantly below average. Um, a 544 ERA. His FIP was even higher because he just gave up an ungodly amount of home runs. 35 home runs he gave up in 139 innings. Granted, that wasn't the most on the team. That was Jordan Lyles, who I believe was also a disappointment. But Jordan Lyles at least pitched 180 innings. Like if you're going to be a mop up guy, 180 innings without the bar like you can be bad but if you pitch this many innings it'll be fine um his FIP and his uh ERA were about the same a 515 ERA for Jordan Lyles um and a uh FIP of 534 so you know about the same but one point it it was below two home runs per nine innings for uh Mike Fultenevich and Colby Allard both those guys were over two home runs per nine innings Colby Allard Allard was 2.1 and uh Jordan Lyles was 2.3, which is just a lot of home runs to give up. And, um, yeah, but Kobe Aller is one of the guys who I think I have a big question mark on him. I don't feel like I learned anything. I don't think I'll ever learn anything about him. Daniel Lowe is, uh, he's right on the borderline of being a positive, but again, a 771 OPS as an offense first, first baseman is not good enough. 18 home runs in 157 games is it's fine, but it's not good enough. It's not that much better. Than what i think ronald guzman would be and ronald guzman goes on the disappointment list not because of anything that ronald guzman did but because of what the rangers did committing so heavily to nathaniel lowe making a trade for him they didn't particularly need to it didn't really make sense but again nathaniel is just 25. this is his first basically like actual full season in the big leagues And i think some of the hitting structures that they the rangers brought in this offseason i think there, he's the one that I think they need to fix the most, along with Nick Sola. Both those guys, and uh, Willie Calhoun is on the disappointment slash question mark list. It's not his fault, but it's injuries. It's just a guy who's got a lot, of the whole world of potential to be an offensive force, but he only played in seventy-five games this year, had an OPS under seven hundred in that time. Six home runs in seventy-five games is not enough for a guy who, coming up, described himself as what position he played. He played three-hole hitter. That was what he did. He was a guy who mashed, and uh he is not mashing right now. I still believe he has that potential, but he's got a lot of work to do. He ended up outlast- outlasting the guys who the Rangers brought in to be DH slash left field in uh, Chris Davis, who was quite terrible, David Dahl, who was extremely terrible. But again, both those made a little bit of sense on the surface of maybe seeing if you can get something from them, but they didn't end up working out. But I'm gonna take a quick break and we come back. It took take a look at the positive developments from the season, the guys who were also there. Um, but actually, I've, 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 there's two more guys that I forgot to mention on, on this list um, that really need to be on of the question mark list. Nathan, uh, Nathaniel Lowe is obviously there. Spencer Howard is a guy who's got a lot of potential, who is the only return, I believe, in the Kyle Gibson trade. He's a guy who was a former top 100 prospect, top 50 prospect, pretty much consensus, and is just going to take a lot of time. Rangers don't know much about him. They are they had some positive results, but um, again, there's just a lot of question marks with him. Can they stretch him out? How long is it going to take for him to be an actual starter? Is he just a really good bullpen arm? And if so, is that something you can live with for a guy who was, you know, a Cy Young candidate for the first half of the season? Um, and who also has another year of control for the Phillies. I And also a guy who was a really stinking good reliever. I don't know. But the Rangers have a lot to learn about him. And the only Tavares is start horribly. sorry, absolutely horribly. Had a really solid season in Round Rock. When he came back up, he was horrible again, but clawed out of it to be less than horrible um, for the rest of the season. The defense is obviously amazing. Um, Strikeouts were a bit of a concern from a guy who – wasn't a guy you thought would strike out a whole bunch. Um, the walks need to be a little bit better. The base running is still excellent, it's 10 still on bases. Got caught stealing for the first time in his major league career, which I believe he had 17. He is 17 for 18. He only has one caught stealing in his major league career, um, but also had three home runs in 49 games. Put up a lot more power in AAA than I thought that he would. Um, that was the big question about him is could he get a little bit more power out of him? He's going to be solid. He's going to be one of the, one of the best defensive center fielders out there. And, um, you know, the speed, the defense, the reads, the arm, all of that is not in question. It's just what kind of offensive production can you get out of this guy um, when he's bringing you gold glove caliber defense in the center field? So he's got a lot to prove. It's he's going to be starting the major leagues next year, and he just needs to figure it out. And he's got the talent in there. He's still young. He's going to be 23 next season. Um, but he's been a top prospect on people's radar so long that they expect a little bit more out of him. So I'm hoping next season he can figure it out. He's going to have that center field job locked down. Um, I don't see the Rangers getting somebody who's going to play a lot of time in center field or Adolis getting more time over him in center field because obviously Leody is a bigger part of this team's future than Adolis Garcia just because Adolis is six years older than him. So those are my question marks and disappointments from the season this year and take a quick re- when we come back and look at the best players this season the guys who either jumped on the radar or um propelled themselves a little bit higher up the radar than i expected them to do at the beginning of the season but first this word from our sponsors and we are back to break down the best performers this season the underrated guys the put themselves on the map with a solid season guys and um you, you got to start this list with the only place that the second half of the Rangers started with is with Adolis Garcia, a guy who nothing was expected of him. Just nothing was expected of him before the season. They cut him. He did not even make the opening day roster. He was DFA'd. Nobody claimed him. He went straight to Triple A. Then he comes about, comes up, and after just a super disappointing start of the season for Leo De Tavares, And he plays center field and he does magnificently. He breaks the Rangers rookie home run record, um, hitting 31 home runs. Sorry, Pete Incaviglia. Um, Incaviglia? I I still feel like I'm saying that wrong. Um, Was truly snubbed for American League Rookie of the Year. He finished fourth, was an all-star, absolutely deserving, had an amazing month of May, put himself on the radar, is going to be starting for the Rangers next season played 149 games um which is a lot more than Walton under franco just saying i'm just i'm just saying I'm, I'm gonna be bitter about that for quite a while um had a 3.8 baseball reference war season was just electric the defense was magnificent was also snubbed for a goal glove that's a whole nother thing probably because he played too many positions he and joey are going to be challenging for the right field goal actually i guess joey's going to be playing left field next year with With that, so Joey can have the um, left field goal glove. Adoles can have the right field goal glove. And then um, maybe Leody Tavares can have the center field goal glove. That's another thing that pisses me off, is that the Rangers could have had three goal glove caliber defenders in the outfield this next season. They could have had that. I mean, Adoles, you put him in left, put Joey in right. You put Leody in center. That's the best outfield defense that has been since – Whatever the year it was when the Angels had Mike Trout, Peter Borges, and Josh Hamilton, like that is that level of outfield defensive excellence. Plus, I think the collective arms on these guys are better. Maybe Josh. I don't. I don't know. I think Joey Gallo in right field has a better arm than Josh Hamilton did when he was playing right field. Um, Mike Trout at that point didn't have the absolute cannon of an arm that he had that Adolis has. Um, actually, even Mike Trout right now, I don't know that he has the same level of arm strength that Adoles Garcia has. And Peter Borges, While I believe he's a little bit faster than, um, than Leody Tavares, which of course, Peter Borges is one of the fastest guys in major league baseball. The only only person who could push, push Mike or prime Mike Trout into left field. Um, But I think Leody's arm is a little bit better. I think his defensive reads are a little bit better than Peter Borges. Peter Borges was really great, but that outfield could have been outstanding the Raiders don't get it because they traded Joey Gallo because they were too cheap to extend him, which just infuriates me. But we're talking about the good players this season. Obviously, Joey Gallo is one of them in 95 games. He had an 869 OPS and 25 home runs, which were second on the team to Adoles Garcia. Um, There are a couple of guys that broke out this year that I didn't quite expect. Um, Adoles is obviously the first one. Taylor Hearn is another guy who had a really great season, was a reliever this year, hadn't started a game since his very first start in the big leagues in 2019. That was... Maybe the worst major league debut I've ever seen. Only went a third of an inning, walked four, gave up uh, three hits, five total runs, and literally just got one out and got hurt as well. 108 ERA in that one game. Um, But came back, had a pretty decent 2020, pitched in uh, 14 games, was solid. This year he pitched in 42 games. 11 of those were starts. Um, 10 of those were games that he closed out and he was really, really solid once he moved into the starting rotation. There was a bit of a gap for him to do that, and his last starts weren't quite as good because he's still getting used to being stretched back out. But he pitched 104 innings this year, which is not a small workload. He did a lot of multi-inning games um, as a reliever, and then obviously the starts where he was very efficient with his pitches. They They weren't letting him throw. I don't think he ever threw 100 pitches, I think, 88 was about his his max. I'm not even sure he ever got to 90. But he was highly efficient in those starts. Didn't go a whole lot of innings because, again, he hasn't been a starting pitcher in quite some time. But he established himself as a legit starting pitcher, a legit middle of the rotation guy, maybe back in the rotation for a, a good team. But definitely, I don't know, I think the number two starter on this Rangers team towards the back half of the season where Dane Dunning was the ace, which not actually an ace, but just the number one in this rotation. Um, Joe Barlow is another guy who came out of nowhere, had a great season. There was some questions about him, um, going into the season. He worked on a lot of things, figured some things out and had a great first major league season at 155 ERA. The fifth thinks that's a little bit, um, generous. He didn't strike out as many people as I wanted him to, um, He had 12 walks in 29 innings. The walks were a huge problem for him before. Um, Only two home runs, struck out 27. Um, So 8.4 strikeouts per nine innings, 3.7 walks per nine innings. You don't really love that, Um, but nobody could get hits off of him. 3.7 hits per nine innings. Um, Opposing hitters just could not figure him out, and he had a really, really solid season because of it. I felt very confident with him in the closers role towards the back half of the season, which is not something I thought. I'd be saying about a 25-year-old rookie who had major concerns going into this season um, about his prospect status, Um, but he really showed up. I think he is not going to have a 155 ERA next year, but again, it was really solid, and racked up 11 saves for this Rangers team, which is hard to do on a team that's this bad, feeling confident in those guys. Again, another starter um, who had 16 saves for the Rangers this season, led the team in saves, third age 36 ian kennedy a 251 era and 32 and a third inning struck out 35 um walk seven five home runs a little bit bit by the uh, home run ball but a one third 176 era plus um the FIP was a whole run 1.1 uh runs higher than uh his era but it did matter because he wasn't allowing runs to score um, he was solid and the third choice to be the Rangers closer to the season, but he stepped up big when he was asked to do so. Um, out of the pen is where most of these, these good guys come from. Uh, Brett Martin had a really, really solid season, 62 innings with a 318 ERA. John King um, was injured towards the back half of the season, um, and he had a 352 ERA. Also, I honestly kind of forgot to mention Ko- Ko- Kohei Arihara in my disappointment section. Um, I, I expected more from him, and I was disappointed that he couldn't quite live up to it. I thought a guy who actually pitched a full season last year in Japan would be able to hold it better, but his stuff just wasn't major league caliber. And that's a bummer, but at least he got to have his his good moments in the sun, um, got to come over here and make his major league debut. It didn't last as long as he wanted to, um, but at least he had that moment. Same with Hyun Jong-young. I don't know that he's going to be stateside again next year, but um, we'll see. And I know the Rangers would like to have him back in AAA. But other guys who had um really solid season that I didn't expect, um, not that many more because, again, this was a 102-loss team. But Andy Ibanez came out of, of basically nowhere. I'd seen him so many times in AA, I thought, what what is it the Rangers seeing this guy? He's a guy who could hit, who couldn't play defense lick until this year. He started um, playing defense much, much better. Um, and that was a huge improvement. Played in 76 games, had a 756. OPS for the season, seven home runs, 15 doubles. And when he was hot, boy, was he hot. He was extremely hot. And then he had a hamstring injury that uh, really tapered him off. Um, but the month of August was a, a big month for him. Um, and he showed that he can, he can stick on this team. I think he can be a pretty solid bench bat. I don't think he's an everyday starter. I think he's a better job to be or a better pick to be the everyday second base starter next year, as opposed to, um, Nick Solak. But, you know, I don't think either of them are going to be starters next year, because I think the Rangers are going to sign some big shortstop. And, uh, I think whoever that is, is probably might be playing second base. I don't know. I think that's a question for another time, but, um, both those guys, he had his moments and, um, Uh, I really liked seeing him succeed this year when I didn't expect it. Yoel Pozo even making the big leagues this year was a uh, big success story. Um, From Going from being homeless to being a big leaguer um, in basically one year was just incredible. I'm so happy for him. I don't know what he's going to be able to do next year, um, but we'll definitely see. Um, And DJ Peters, the guy who nothing was expected from him literally nothing comes in 52 games hits 12 home runs um his batting averages on base were just so bad he he hit uh two points below the mendoza line at 198 his on base he did not walk enough he really needs to walk more. if he could walk a decent amount then he could be a contributing player on a major league watch for quite a while but again he had a 218 on base percentage he slugged over 400 though. It's hard to do that when you're hitting below um, 190, but when you hit, basically every other hit is a uh, home run. He had uh, 39 hits this season, and uh, let's do the math here real quick, uh, 20 of them. So more than half of his his hits were extra base hits. He had 12 home runs, one triple, and seven doubles. So, again, if he had more than four walks and 206 plate appearances, I would feel much better about that look um, going forward. But again, this was a fun, bad team. He's 25 years old. He's got room to improve. And, uh, I think it could be a part of this team moving forward. Yanni Hernandez with a fun little flash in the pan. Um, but again, I don't know that he's going to make the roster next year. He had some fun little moments. The, um, the, uh, mosquito, I think was his nickname. And he did a good job of walking when you can't, when you can't hit for power, you absolutely need to walk and you need to steal bases, played some pretty solid defense, um, was pretty aggressive on the base paths and, uh just had some fun moments for this team, which fun was underrated. Fun was really underrated on this team on a team that's losing 102 games. You need just something that's like, all right, this is fun. This is different. This is something that I can feel good about. And credit to him. Yanni Hernandez provided that. And so did DJ Peters. Are they, you know, above average big leaguers or above average contributors? Maybe they'll make an all bench team. Maybe they'll make an all bench team. And I do another one in 10 years. When we're talking about the 2020s um, of these Texas Rangers but they were fun. They were exciting. And that was very much needed on a team that was this bad for this long of a season coming off a bad season before, and will probably be a bad season (laughs) next year. Um, Fun is underrated and those guys provided it. Now this is a, just as a final look at this team, there were some good moments. There were some bad moments. There were a lot more bad moments than good moments, but again, again, being a number two overall pick jack lighter that was a huge moment for the rangers this season still have a lot of questions about the guys who they got back in their trades for joey gallo and for kyle gibson plus ian kennedy could there have been a little more trading i don't know there wasn't a whole lot of value on this roster maybe you could have traded some of the relievers having great years but again who knows that's going to do it for this edition of locked on Rangers. hope you've enjoyed me breaking down this season. Maybe it makes you feel better about the season, a little more hopeful about next season. Um, it's still probably going to be rough, but it'll be less rough than this season. I don't think they're going to lose 102 games again. I don't think they're going to lose more than that. I think they're going to lose fewer games than 102. Um, but thank you guys so much for making locked on Rangers your first listen of the day. Make sure you go subscribe to the show on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Bryce Pattern. follow the show at locked on Rangers. And until next time, Don't forget to enjoy baseball.